1: Kindle by Dispatch. Today I'm Brittany and joining me today as always is my friend Emily Lynn. Hi Emily. Hi Brittany. How are you? I'm doing good. How are you doing? I'm doing good. It's, it's nice to be back. We, we missed a week last week because I was on a little vacation so I'm glad to be able to talk to you. Yeah it's good. So tell me about this vacation. It was no ordinary vacation. I was on Halloween at the high seas on the Disney Wonder. And if you're wondering what the Disney Wonder is, it's the Disney Cruise Line boat. One of the oldest boats that originally started sailing in the seas in 1999. One of the oldest boats in the world. (laughs) Older than the Titanic. is it a nice boat she's old she's an old boat she's been through some shit but she's a nicely kept boat okay so tell me tell me about the cruise so it was one of the best experiences of my life um (laughs) carlos is looking at me like excuse me what no i had a really good time um this was my first Disney experience in over two years, so wow! it It was really emotional. Like, even like getting on the boat, like I was like tearing up. <laughs> like, and then you get on the boat, and then they say like they have like an announcer, and they're like, "All right, we have the Brown family coming." And oh, I, I don't I like that. I, i lost it you know you have chip and dale there just welcoming you on the boat uh we took pictures before too you can tell like my mom and i are all right our eyes are all watery because my mom's really emotional too i don't know where i get it from but that was that was crazy but it was a very fun experience um we celebrated Halloween. We were able to dress up the second day of the cruise. We dressed up as the evil stepsisters and stepmother from Cinderella. Yeah, I and saw pictures.
0: You looked fantastic.
1: Thank you. I'm not normally that creative, so I was really proud of the end product. Because the, the my favorite thing about it was that I... Because, you know, the, the ugly stepsisters, they're ugly. So how do you do your makeup? Ugly. So... I had fun with that. Got to hang out with some purple and pink eyeshadows and some glitter for a little bit. So that was fun. Got to do my hair, makeup. Got to put fake eyelashes on, which is hell. I don't know how my contact lenses survived this trip (laughs) with all the eyelash glue, but. It turned out to be a success. People thought that we were actual cast members. And then people oh, wow. got pictures with us. Aww. Dude, we were we were like celebrities on the boat the next couple days. Like, people would walk past us and be like, oh, it's the stepsisters. Like, fucking amazing. Like, even That's the so cast cool. knew us. Like, it was so funny. Like, we were at one of the one of the trivia nights and someone on the mic was like you know i'm looking at these people and i'm like why do you look so familiar and i realized they they're the ones who won the costume contest the other night and it's like oh amazing but it was a really awesome experience i i had a lot of fun i wasn't expecting to have as much fun as i did um i went into it not knowing anything like, purposely, because, like, I don't want to, you know, overhype myself or underhype myself. Like, I want to go in it without any expectations.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And it was amazing. It was, you know, you open the door and you just hear Disney music. You know, you go outside, <laughs> you hear Disney music. There's Disney cartoons playing. Except they have those new Mickey Mouse cartoons, and I don't really like them. My mom, she kept complaining about them. She's like, I don't I don't like how Mickey talks from the side of his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> oh but it was it was great uh, i'm not sure if it's worth the money though i feel like you know kind of like you know talking about galaxy's edge like it's or, or um the star wars hotel um the HollyCon or whatever the fuck it's called now um i i'm not sure if i would personally spend That much money for an experience like that. Mm -hmm. But it was pretty great. And especially like if you have kids and you want to go on a Disney cruise, like I feel like there's, it's a lot. Like it's a lot of stimulation for kids. I mean, they have a lot of stuff for kids, obviously, to Disney cruise and they're going to have a lot of fun, but that's just so much money like i almost yeah. think that going to the parks would be cheaper than you know the disney cruise but i didn't see one unhappy kid there well i that's a lie because i saw a kid having a full-blown tantrum um in front of the elevator like just lying down on the floor just like losing his shit but i mean like, well, like you said it's, it, a, lot it's of stimulation, a lot so yeah it's a lot of shit so you know i I'm back and forth on, like, whether, like, I would, you know, recommend a Disney cruise to, like, you know, if if your kids are, like, under five or something. Like, maybe, like, over five. Like, yeah, like, totally. Like, if your kids are really into Disney and if, like, you're really into, like, family fun events and have a lot of money, then, you know, go for it. Do it. But, I don't know. And it was my first Disney cruise as an adult to, not my first cruise, but my first Disney cruise. I definitely want to go back like mm-hmm. I I want to win the lottery and go in all the Disney boats <laughs> that's a good plan and I'm curious about the other boats too because you know there's the Disney fantasy there's the Disney wish there's the Disney treasure that's going to be coming out in like 2024 like I'm so curious now about all these goddamn boats like and it's it's sickening because I got off the boat and I'm like you know what this was a great experience you know the food was not the best, which, side note, like, you, I, the food was, like, not the star of the show, which that I was, was disappointed to hear. I know. Like, I ate a lot of good food, but it was food that I'll forget. Like, there's, like, two things that I remember, which was this, like, really sweet mango soup I had on Pirate Night, which was probably the greatest soup I've ever had in my life. Like a, a cold soup or... Yes, hear it. Let me let okay. me find it. I took a screenshot of the name of the soup. So it was a chilled mango soup with passion fruit, ginger, and coconut. Okay, that sounds really good. It was so good. I wasn't expecting for it to be so good. I mean my mom ordered it because I got the carrot and cilantro soup with banana bread croutons, and I only like the banana bread croutons out of that soup. The, the carrot was fine but then she's like hey like i'm not gonna eat the rest of my soup Have my soup i'm like okay and i'm like i i'm in love with this soup the ice creams were good too the, they they do a great job on their desserts like god bless them they they do their best <laughs> like the cast was great um the different people we would have at like dinner then the shows were so good oh man but i'm, I'm happy to be back i'm happy to be back home on land um, Carlos wasn't there, so we were apart for a while, and that sucked because so the Disney boat is weird because the Disney boat, it has like a, its own like WiFi system, and you can only communicate with people on the boat through this app or you can communicate with people through iMessage. And guess who's the only fucking person I know who doesn't have an iPhone? <laughs> <laughs> Just guess! Hmm, I wonder who that could be. I couldn't believe it. Because I had tried WhatsApp. Like, I tried possibly everything. And uh, I'm always bugging him to get an iPhone. And, like, I think the pettiest reason why I think Carlos should get an iPhone is, what if my mom, my sister, and I continue this tradition of going on a Disney cruise every October? Like, am I just not going to be able to talk to Carlos in, like, five days? Like, what if Carlos... Eats expired rotisserie chicken. And then I don't know until I come back and he's, like, dead. Like, I feel like, I mean,
0: somebody would probably... He could message somebody, you know, not on a boat. And then one of those people could message you.
1: I guess, but I need to hear it from the horse's mouth. Like, I need to hear... I need to know everything. But, and, uh, in all seriousness, it was fine. We survived. It was It was fine. But that's 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 interesting maybe in the future the boat will be kinder to androids
0: maybe you can convince Carlos to go with you
1: yeah I think that we're doing a family one in like the next like year or so and he knows about that he's so excited (laughs) yeah
0: like another Disney one or just like a cruise cruise
1: I think a Disney one, because I think we're going to do, like, the Bahamas or um, Alaska or something. So, I don't know. Maybe we get to go on the new boat, the Wish, which looks phenomenal. I know our friend Josh just went on the Wish for Halloween also, and he enjoyed it. So
0: If I were going to do a cruise, which I have no desire to do,
1: Alaska is what I would want to do. Yeah. I want to go to Alaska. Only because, well, not only because, but there was this, like, social media thing where there's this video that came out about people in, like, a convenience store, like, singing about customer service. And it's called Service is Selling and Selling is Service or something. And it's just, like, the weirdest shit. And it was this store in Alaska. And I'm like, I need to go to the store Like, just so I can, like, see, like, why or how this was created. Like, you know those weird social media things where you're, like, you know, like, going to, like, the Shining House or something. Or, you know, going to, like, a National Landmark. Like, I want to go to the National Landmark where this silly YouTube video was made. (laughs) It's good to have goals. Yeah, It's good to have goals. Well, I just want to get rich and be able to go in all the Disney boats, but... Then, like, I'd eat so much. Then, like, I'd be like, you know, you know that scene in The Simpsons when Homer's in hell? And then they just keep giving him donuts and he yeah. just keeps getting bigger. Like, that's going to be me. So, <laughs> I'm not sure if I would want to do more than one Disney cruise a year because then I would eat everything. Like, even though I know the food's mediocre, like, it's there. Like, people are handing me ice cream cones. Which, speaking of, one, one night, one unfortunate night, it was costume night. You know, I was in my Anastasia dress and I walked past, you know, the ice cream because like you can like just grab ice cream because the cast members have to give it to you because of COVID. And I grabbed my ice cream cone and you just see in slow motion the ice cream just fall all over my dress. Oh, God. And And the lady was just like oh no (laughs) like with no remorse at all which like i i guess i understand but but she's like oh you can go to the bathroom and clean that up and i'm like okay thanks but it, it was cleaned up it was it was no big deal it was quick easy you can't really tell in the pictures that we took that edge giant ice cream cone had fallen on my dress and then the lady just kept asking me do you want another do you want another and i'm just like i need to get out of here i need to get out of here so unfortunately (laughs) didn't have ice cream that night but they had cool flavors i mean one night they had like banana flavored one night um blueberry they had like pumpkin flavor like it was cool they changed it out like every day almost so but enough about my amazing disney boat experience what have you been up to Um, let's see.
0: On Friday, I got my COVID booster and my flu shot. And let's see, that was on Friday. It is Wednesday when we were recording this. Today is the first day my arm has not hurt. So that was not great. But it's the only side effect I had, which is good. Um, Did you do them both
1: in one arm or one arm No, they
0: don't. They don't do it. They won't do it both in one arm. You got to do separate. Which... The thing I hadn't thought about is I sleep on my side. And I can sleep on either side, but I can't sleep not on my side. So then it's like, okay, well, both of my arms hurt. But I guess, you know, the left one hurts more because that was the COVID arm. So I didn't get a ton of sleep for a couple nights. But I'm glad that I didn't get, like, you know, super sick or anything. Other than that, I have really not been doing much at all it's fine i'm okay just you know like reading books watching netflix talking to kev not a lot
1: else how's kev doing he's good you know i i feel like kev when i'm going on for like 10 15 minutes about my week (laughs) (laughs) you won't get on a cruise that's exciting that's like something to talk about I mean, the stuff that he does is exciting too. Like going to like football games every weekend or going to football games every weekend. Look, occasionally he also
0: goes to record
1: stores. Oh, yeah, record stores or like goes and sees his favorite band when he's not hexed. He sees a lot of bands. So fun.
0: I have a feeling I'm going to get dragged to some record stores when I'm over there and I'm going to be like the old like sitcom staple of the boyfriend sitting in the store as his girlfriend tries on clothes
1: Uh, that's that's always carlos well not always carlos but carlos he he likes to have fun with it so whenever i'm like going shopping or something he tries to find the most ridiculous outfit for me to try on so he's just like going through all the different clothes and he sees like a crop top and he's like You should get this. I need to see you try this on. I'm like, no, or like something like weird and see through. I'm like, get out of here. So he has fun with that at least. So maybe you can find like some like weird like cover art, um, music things or something. Or insert insert something weird music thing here. Record, you know, record album cover. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Listen to this. It has a horse on it. I don't know what it means, but I don't know. Yes, I only collect horse-based music. Did you ever, like, know anyone that like, was, like, a horse person?
0: Um, not anybody was, like, super close to. Like, there was a girl I knew in college who was, a, like, very much a horse person. Oh, I guess one of my cousins is a horse person. She, like, rides competitively.
1: I feel like we all know like a horse person, and like that's it's, that's not a bad thing, you know. Like I think horse people are cool. Like two of my closest friends are like horse people, you know. I believe they both still do like horse things, you know, like you you know like those like Pony Pal books or something, where like you know you ride your horses together and and gossip about cute boys or something. But then like you're thirty and like yeah, I mean like I've
0: I've ridden a horse before and I like horses, but I'm not like, I mean, I'm partially because that was not a, a financial possibility when I was a kid, but I've always, I, I like them.
1: Yeah, I, I like horses too. I don't have any any problems with horses. Yeah, like if... I don't I was never you know able to I used to want a horse I used not I used to be a horse person but I would be that person that would like collect the horse books and knew all the different horse names I had a favorite type of horse but then I forgot all the horse names I like the black and white horses like the cow horses those are my favorite horses I don't know why I like I like things like cows I like Dalmatians I like my black and white cow i like my black and white uh horses i don't know why i used to have a black and white cat which black and white cats are like notorious for being like the biggest assholes i think that's just all cats not all cats are assholes i don't think they mean to be assholes like sometimes yeah
0: when my mom was little her imaginary friend was a cow
1: That's fun. Like, did the cow yeah. talk?
0: I mean, I don't know. I mean, it was an imaginary friend, so I don't know, probably. But she, her, her name, the cow's name was Senamena, <laughs> which is not a name or anything at all. So I don't know where that came up from. And whenever anything, whenever there was trouble, like if she broke something or something, she always blamed Centimena, the imaginary cow friend.
1: I think the people that have imaginary friends end up going far in life because I also had an imaginary friend. Her name was Alana. Oh, okay. She had blonde hair, and my mom was so fascinated in me having an imaginary friend because she thought that that meant that like I was talking to like a ghost or like someone who <laughs> used to like formerly be on this planet but is not anymore. <gasps>
0: Oh, my God. Was my mom talking to a cow ghost?
1: You know what? Who knows? Maybe we're all just talking to ghosts. Uh, Ghost cow. I don't know, but she always always asks me about it because she's always trying to, like, find, like, were there any siblings that we or any people in our family that died young that had long hair or something, like, just (gasps) digging deep trying to find, like, you know, it's like The Shining, or not The Shining, The Sixth, Sixth Sense, Sense. Or, and talking <laughs> to dead people. Fucking <laughs> fucking.
0: I, I mean, there's ghosts to The Shining, but. <laughs> I don't know why I
1: confuse those movies so much.
0: It's just funny that, it's very funny to me that your mom was trying to find an explanation for a very common childhood occurrence
1: i guess it wasn't common for her but it didn't stop me from anything i mean like i was i was just a normal kid who had an imaginary friend you know totally normal
0: i mean it is i mean there's a lot of kids have imaginary friends of various degrees
1: yeah but an imaginary cow friend i don't i don't that's so cool. It, it's I it, it makes me laugh a lot. And I never knew that I would share something in common like as extreme as your mom. <laughs> hmm. Well, I'm glad you've had a good couple of days. I'm glad that your arm's doing better. I I still need to get my flu and covid booster i I gotta do that one of these days maybe i'll try to do it this weekend but these next two weekends is just jam-packed with like fun shit like i'm going to a baby shower this weekend the next weekend um going to an 80s birthday party so i need to find something 80s to wear okay so that's always fun I think that Carlson and I are just gonna go to like the thrift store and find some like '80s jazzer size wear or something so we can like yeah, look like sense. Olivia Newton John and physical yeah. or something. That's easy and comfortable because at first, like, cause I got I got a green jumpsuit that was only like ten bucks and I'm like, oh, I can be the Ghostbusters. But I'm trying to imagine drunk me in the bathroom taking that thing off, made me sick to my stomach because. <laughs> i know myself when i'm inebriated and like i i feel like when i'm in the bathroom that's like when i know that i'm fucked up yeah because i try to do like the normal things in the bathroom and it's like everything's a challenge and i can't imagine how much of a challenge it would be to try to take off this jumpsuit because i did last year because i was mrs incredible and I I had I think I had like a leotard at something underneath or something but that was that was fine like drunk me was able to successfully pee but I don't know it's hard so I'm trying to find something like comfortable and cute you know that I can but wear but also to a club.
0: easy to yeah
1: yeah so that's tricky but eh, it's always fun trying to find cheap things you know from thrift stores and you know make it fancy or just you know make it fun yeah yeah so what have you been watching emily
0: so let's see i think i have gone cold on house of the dragon oh no I mean, I'm going to watch, because there's only, what, there's like one more episode left? So I'll watch that. But I think what I liked was sort of the smaller story and just kind of like intrigue on a more personal level. And now that we're going to go into all out there, the War of the Dragons now, with the Dance with Dragons, I guess, that I'm not as interested in. Because I don't I don't really enjoy the big action set pieces. I do, look, look, in the last episode, when that chick comes out of the basement with her fucking dragon. Don't get me wrong. That's awesome. But it's an awesome, like, five-minute sequence. And I just, I'm not that into action scenes. And I don't know. Like, I, I'll give this episode a chance. And I hope that I like it. But, mm, I don't know. I just wasn't feeling that last episode.
1: Yeah, I feel like since we got the new actors, like it's not that I'm not enjoying it as much, but I miss the old actors. Like I miss like young Rhaenyra and just knowing that things are going to be getting heavy these next couple episodes is like kind of hard to watch. Like especially like, you know, now knowing what happens in the show and you know, just all the different characters, like what's going to happen to them, especially after Viserys has gone. Rest in peace. Um, I find it interesting, though, that everyone, well, not everyone, but I keep hearing about everyone being so sad about poor Viserys who died. And I'm thinking this is the same Viserys that fucking had his wife die giving birth to their son because he wanted a fucking son so bad. It's yeah, but he's what st- people like- choose to forget.
0: He's still better than, like, 95% of the people on that show, like, morally speaking.
1: He is a good dad. I mean, he's made mistakes, but, you know, a lot of good dads make mistakes. You know, that scene where he's vouching for Rhaenyra and he's going to the throne and Damon puts that crown back on his head. Like, that almost got me emotional because just Damon, what a fucking character. No wonder he's George R.R. Martin's favorite character.
0: Yeah, he's fascinating. And Matt Smith is fucking awesome.
1: Matt Smith could potentially be one of my favorite actors of all time. Just because of, you know, just the different roles as he had. Like being Prince Philip and being Damon. Like, he's so good. I'm so glad this show has such great actors and just great performances. I feel like everyone's going to get an Emmy for this show.
0: Probably not, Allison. She still fucking sucks. <laughs>
1: uh, you know that she was in Ready Player One?
0: Okay, I've seen like 10 minutes of that movie.
1: Even though Mendo was in it?
0: Dude, I you don't understand how much I hate Ready Player One. Both specifically and just as like a general concept. <laughs>
1: Oh, a fun movie with a bunch of other movie references and futuristic bullshit. It's not
0: a movie with other movie references. The entire movie is just other movie references.
1: And Mendo. Yeah, but I
0: can see him in things that I don't that don't like make me physically
1: angry. (laughs) I just think of that goddamn Robin Hood movie and it's starting (sighs) off with, you've heard the story before, but not like (sighs) this.
0: It's so funny because that's such like I can't believe that's an actual line that they used in a like it's supposed to be a fairly serious movie. Like it's such a, it's just c- cliched to the point of parody now. And also, then it was just Robin Hood. Like <laughs> it was just shittier.
1: That was probably one of the worst versions of Robin Hood I've ever seen.
0: It, I mean, the- there's a lot of bad ones, but it was. Pretty dire. Except Mendo had that really nice coat.
1: <laughs> I miss old Mendo. I hope he's doing okay. I love that guy. We'll see him in Secret Invasion soon though. That's right.
0: When does that show come out?
1: I think springtime. March. Oh, okay.
0: It's okay. not too long. I hope it's good. I liked I ended up liking She Hulk a lot. That's not my favorite. I did
1: too i love the finale i thought it was so fun it was
0: fun it was like risky and interesting and i just like that you can just sort of you can just watch this show and it doesn't have to have a broader thing like it's not the end of that that show is not just it's not like i just watched a whole prologue to get to the next big thing that they're doing instead it's actually the show and it's funny. And Tim Roth is hilarious in it. Him and his commune and his seven soulmates.
1: I loved that so much. I thought he was lovely as the Abomination. He's so
0: funny and charming. And I like that he doesn't turn out to be a bad guy. And I like that like he goes off with Wong at the end. I just want more of that. And I want him and Wong and Madison With two M's and a Y, but not what you think. (laughs) And, and yeah, I just, I thought it was just a good, and also,
1: she fucks Daredevil. How great is that? Dude, Daredevil fucks. Like, he is, um, he's great. I like him. He's,
0: look, Charlie Cox has always been attractive, but I like that they went with the more fun, side of that character yes Daredevil there some of the daredevil comics are super depressing and grim and all about his catholic guilt and the fact that his girlfriends always die or go crazy and then die or just go crazy like that's certainly there's there's runs of daredevil like that but people act like that's the only daredevil we've ever gotten and so people were being so shitty when he was on she hulk it's like no that just shows that you haven't really delved into daredevil at all because a lot of daredevil is fun and him, like, wearing a t-shirt that says, I am not Daredevil. And he's just charming and, and cool sometimes. And what he's doing, when he's doing, the, you know, the the, the walk of shame. With, like, his in his Daredevil outfit. It just delighted me.
1: This show is just such a breath of fresh air. Like, I love just, like, the lack of seriousness in this and, like. Just the, you know, the breaking the fourth wall, just, you know, Madison, just the different characters and different scenarios that we've gotten in the show. We haven't gotten any other Marvel shows or any other yeah. shows I've really watched. And
0: like, like, I love her, her assistant slash best friend. She's great.
1: Yeah, I loved everything. I loved, you know, even just talking about, like, the insoles and just the <gasps> yeah. sh- shitty parts of different fandoms or just how... Gross and disgusting fucking men can be.
0: Yeah, like the fact that the villain of the show is a group of like men rights activists, like that's cool and also (laughs) was really smart considering what happened with that show in terms of the reaction it got.
1: It was the same reaction as the people who were very upset about the foot fetish in the last episode of House of Dragon.
2: Oh my god, dude!
1: Can't. Let people like feet! Damn it!
0: It's just so, like, of all the disgusting characters we've gotten on that show who have done so many horrible things, that they have to f- further a signal that this guy is a creep by having him, like, be in defeat. It's, I It just... that's part of the, my whole, like, I think I'm kind of done with this show. And also, and, and somebody pointed that to me too, which is... Oh, he's the bad guy, of course he has like a limp and you know a club foot. so like because they they're it's it is year 2022 and we're still doing that shit. We're like, oh, they're evil, let's give them a scar or something like that. And it's just like can't he? what like, can't he just be like a regular like perfectly able bodied good looking dude who also is evil? Or, you know, a guy who has a limp and isn't evil.
1: It's just disgusting. Like, just like the discourse sometimes, like, from shows like this. And, you know, like, obviously, like, George R.R. Martin, like, wrote this, like, before, like, any of this, like, discourse, like, existed. And I know that the foot fetish thing, like, wasn't in the books. But, you know, I thought it was interesting that it was added. Because, you know, it reminded me of, you know, that scene where Allison's talking to Ranires. And Ranires is telling her about... You know how she just chooses to be stuck in a prison and she's just making a a fancy window like this was an example of that window because, you know, she was choosing to, you know, just like stay where she was, you know, get information from Laris and, you know, exchange information for, you know, whatever foot things he wanted her to do and just like seeing how. She wasn't going to do anything else and she was just going to stay, you know, complacent, you know, like for for her sons or, you know, for the future of the realm. And I I just thought that was very interesting. Like I felt for her because, you know, she doesn't feel at all that she is able to escape and she's able to do the things that, you know, she possibly would want to do. But she's, you know, forever trapped in this mold of, you know, wanting to get approval and praise for other people like she's just forever trapped.
0: Sure raised some shitty kids, though.
1: They're all shitty. Um, I th- I think that her youngest son and Helena, like, secretly are, like, banging, too. Because uh, he, oh, he yeah? in- he's interesting. Like, just the way that he looks at people and things. And, you know, him with his, like, weird eye. Like, I don't know. Like, he just, there's just something about it. Like, it's just is interesting. Like, the way that he looks at Damon, too.
0: Um, I just, I don't know. I don't like any of these kids. I don't care about them. And now that she's, like, married to her uncle, it's, like, I don't even, like, I mean, at that point, I'm, like, okay, that's the only thing I cared about. But now they're married, so we're not getting any, like, my cool sexual tension between them anymore. So.
1: Yeah. they have a couple kids now, which is nice. Little Viserys and little Aegon, which I think it's interesting that she named. There's so many fucking Aegons. My God! They
0: just—they just—it's sort of like the British royal family. They just reuse the same names over and over again.
1: Ah, uh, the royal family. We found out that the um, coronation for King Charles is not going to be during uh, the time war celebration. So that's that's good, a relief. That,
0: that would have been a fucking huge mess, and everything would have been more expensive, and just like it, just would have been super irritating.
1: I know flights have started to go down, and last I checked, it was around like thirteen hundred for two people. And I, I'm continuing my betting, and I believe I will be able to get it down to twelve, less than twelve hundred for two people. So, okay. I'm glad those prices are going down. Um, you haven't purchased flights or anything yet,
0: not yet. But I'm sort of like I'm just kind of like looking, like you know, every few days, just checking to see how things are doing.
1: Yeah, I was able to book my Disneyland days or Disneyland Paris days. So that's coming up. I still need to find somewhere to stay in Paris for a couple days for my Normandy tour and for just that first night that we get into, I think we're flying into London and taking a train to Paris because I think that might be cheaper than just flying to Paris for some reason. Um But it's it's all coming together. That's going to be like my next like big vacation. Other than like some work trips, I have to go on. So I'm excited.
0: So we've just had two excellent episodes of of Andor in the past couple weeks.
1: Yeah, what are the odds of that,
0: dude? This show is so fucking good. That so so okay, episode six. I have. I have never been more tense watching Star Wars than I was watching that episode.
1: Yeah, it was it was very intense just seeing what the characters were going through and just how high the stakes were and just how the episode ended. Like there was not a happy ending to that episode.
0: Dude, I mean like I was expecting one of the team to die at least. I wasn't expecting like <laughs> most of the team to
1: die. Yeah, because I mean, all we have left are obviously Cassian and Val and. um... Cinta. And Cinta, which I was really starting to like all of these characters, you know, especially um, fucking Scheme. Fuck you, Scheme.
0: What a piece of shit like obviously like i'm like okay like i'm you know somebody's gonna try to betray them that's like a normal thing but like the fact that like he didn't even have a brother after the story of the you know the why he would join the rebellion and everything just like oh gutting and just how quickly cassian fucking murdered him like doesn't he- even hesitate
1: He probably felt that anger because I feel like the only way that he was able to relate to Scheme was, you know, that Cassian's sister and how he's, like, you know, he's been basically dying to try to find her. And here you have Scheme talking about, you know, how his brother and the farm and, you know, that's, that's some really heavy stuff to, like, lose a sibling. And, you know, Cassian could relate to that. And now Cassian's just like, you know what, fuck you. Like, you had my trust and now you don't. So you're dead.
0: Yeah. Um... I, I love that they took the time to do things like show us the Imperials family and make them people and give them some depth before they do the heist. And I don't know, because like, I, I just, I mean, we're only, it was only, you know, halfway through the, the season at that point. so I'm like, I have no idea how this heist is going to go in terms of whether they're going to be successful or not why well, they're gonna get caught, who's gonna, you know, who's gonna live, who's gonna die. I was I was just watching that completely gripped. And poor Nemec. Poor sweet Nemec. Like, I, I knew Nemec wasn't gonna survive this season because he's too nice for that. But I thought he at least might last longer than this.
1: Yeah, poor little guy been crushed to fucking death by the Imperial payroll that's a bad way to die i feel it's probably one of the most horrific deaths that star wars has given us as being viewers. crushed yeah. crushed to death and not only being crushed to death but you know having to live those next couple of hours knowing how much fucking pain he was probably in and i thought the scene was very interesting when you know vows and scheme are trying to you know cater to him and cassian is so focused on getting out of the eye that he's just like guys like what are we doing like I need help like it just shows just how much of a fucking asshole Cassian is and <laughs> yeah. I love that so much like just seeing that Star Wars is capable of having like the lead of your show just like not be likable at all because you know throughout these episodes like I do not like Cassian at all like no I'm almost waiting for someone to just be like okay you're done like he just is screwing over everyone you know, like you like you've seen the next episode which I into yet, but he just doesn't care about anyone but himself.
0: It's it's uh, I just I like how how rough and how cutthroat everyone is. Um, I just So what is your opinion on whether Cinta killed the hostages or not? Because she is left alone with them, and then the next time we see her, she is walking away in an Imperial uniform, wiping away tears.
1: I didn't notice that until I was listening to Blue Harvest. Mm -hmm. So, I think because, you know, this episode they're talking about, like, how there were a bunch of deaths. And I only think that, I'm not sure how many people that they killed at the payroll heist. But I don't think it would have been mentioned if they didn't kill the family. So I think that she killed the family.
0: my, My main feeling is I feel like if she didn't kill the family, they would have cut back to show the family. We would have cut back and seen, you know, some Imperial or stormtroopers coming in or something and, and like, you know, rescuing them or, or at least like on, you know, on handcuffing them or whatever. But the fact that we don't come back to them at all makes me think they're definitely dead.
1: Which is some fucked up shit. That is just really messed up. And, you know, props to Tony Gilroy for, you know, exploring, you know, that kind of, you know, war behavior where, you know, both sides like aren't 100% good. Like yeah. I feel like we get such this you know you know colorful happy version of the rebellion that yay the rebellion won, but you know the rebellion probably did as as possibly as much dark shit as you know the empire was capable of doing. You know not entirely, but, it, but the rebellion just, like uh, yeah, definitely I'm, worked hard. Also, like again, look at the
0: beginning of Rogue One. Look at when we first meet Cassian. Is him killing an informant? Because the guy won't be able to get away fast enough, and he's protecting himself. I mean, and the cause certainly, but I, I just, I'm so impressed by this show, and not just as a Star Wars show, just as as a piece of television. It's it's really good and and nuanced in a way that. Star Wars hasn't been before. It's so much more than ah, there's there's bad guys, and and look, I I mean I don't think that you know it's not a thing where suddenly Star Wars is political. But when you are like oh well, Star Wars has always been political, yeah sure, but it's in it's been political in a very black and white, cut and dried way, and just in, like the evil guys are evil, but this is really digging into what fascism actually looks like and uh, and it's so feels so relevant right now and i'm just impressed episode after episode
1: it's like art like even just some of the scenes where you know they're just panned to like you know someone's facial reaction to something going on or like seeing like them thinking like Every little detail in this show is just well thought out, well executed. And I never thought that Star Wars was capable of giving us something as complex as, you know, this, you know, political drama, basically. I mean, sure, you have some action going on, but I think some of the best things that happen in this show have nothing to do with the action. Oh, definitely.
0: And, and we're just also getting some beautiful stuff. I mean, the the sequence when the eye finally happens is beautiful. Uh, and yeah, i'm, I'm uh, yeah i just like one of my one of my one of my favorite scenes in an episode 6 just because of how how frightening it is is when the just like some random imperial dudes are are not not, not the guards but the the higher ups are talking about the the natives to the planet and how they've just Slowly and surely, completely fucked them over, while making them think they have a choice in it all, and then they just kinda, he just kind of just like laughs about it, and it is such dark shit, and I don't know, and just that was was beautifully done, and fuck, I love Tony Gilroy.
1: I'm so happy that we got a show like this because I feel like we've been just getting the same bland Star Wars action, nostalgia, et cetera, et cetera. And this is yeah. like this is something I want to like hang above my fireplace, like something I want to like, show <laughs> off to my guests walking into the house. like this is so good. I
0: you know, and it's not that I haven't liked any any of the TV stuff. There's plenty of the Mandalorian despite. The problems that I that I I have had along the way with that and and I liked half of Boba Fett when it was actually about Boba Fett, <laughs> but Andor is just on a whole other level for me, and it is absolutely my sweet spot in Star Wars, which is the Rebellion Empire stuff. I do not I just I know it's weird as a Star Wars fan. But Fuck, I don't care about the Jedi. Probably, I mean, probably mostly because we we haven't gotten a particularly nuanced look at the Jedi. the The most interesting stuff I've seen with the Jedi has been in the High Republic books, where they're actually giving giving them some interesting flaws and conflicts. But on the shows, I, I don't know. It's just it's not there because they want the Jedi to be the perfect priest warriors. And that, to me, is not interesting.
1: Yeah, some of my favorite aspects of Star Wars, you know, has a lot of it to do with Rogue One. I mean, Rogue One is possibly one of my favorite, you know, standalone Star Wars films because, you know, we're really digging deep into, like, the fall of the Empire. Like, one of the first major indicators that the Empire is going to fall with, you know, securing the plans of the Death Star. And... I've always been interested in this era in particular because this is the Empire at its best. And this is the Empire not expecting anything going wrong. And I feel like that's a great show because you get to see the minor details. You get to see, you know, the ISB, you know, fully you know, in meetings, you know, getting paperwork, like just, you know, stereotypical office things that you're getting love in it. Star love, Wars. I love it. You know, you're getting just the Rebellion being formed. You're getting, you know, Mon Mothma, you know, secretly trying to fund the Rebellion, which is such a great storyline. There's so many different storylines in the show. And I wasn't expected to be so interested in the Imperial side, too, you know, because we have, you know, the Imperial ISB um woman who i'm forgetting her name but deidre. she's fantastic deidre is fantastic you have karn who you know is working in his little cubicle now and you know you kind of feel for the guy you know he loves his, his mom, job
0: his mom sucks so much
1: god so much Like, you feel for him in those scenes where he's just staring off into the distance and you're just like, my sweet boy, I'm so sorry. But But then also, like, you're part of the Empire. Fuck you.
0: Yeah. I mean, you feel for him.
1: But yes, of course. And that's that's
0: what I like is because he's a person and he's just this, uh, uh, you know, like, young dude, early, early 20s probably sitting there. He just got fired from his job that he was so proud of. His mom sucks. She obviously doesn't like him at all. And when he's just trying to eat before his interview, and his mom just says, well, basically, what the fuck is up with that suit you're wearing? And he literally says, it's a brown suit. And she will not let it go. She's like, well, just like digging and digging and digging. It's like, oh, why does it have such a high color? What are you doing? Why does your, why does your suit have that color? What are you trying to say? Like, lady, he's going to an interview. What are you talking about?
1: And it's just so sad, too, because she's probably correct with her assumptions that she's, you know, giving to him, you know, about how, like, he's insecure and you know, all these other things. Because, I mean, most but likely, but deep yeah, down, he yeah, is. But, yeah, I wonder why. And it's like she feels just the sort of, like, justification that I'm right about my assumptions about my child, even though they're shitty assumptions, but all that matters also, is that I'm the, right. Even though she's the one who caused it all. It's
0: just, it's so interesting. You know what else I loved in that scene? Star Wars news broadcast. Just oh, yeah. Again, again, just this little stuff. They're watching Star Wars TV news. That's great. That's what I'm fascinated by is the little minutiae of, like, what daily life in the Star Wars world is like. And there's just Star Wars news reporters, which of course there should be, but we have not seen them like this before. I think there's a couple of of um, times in the books where there have been reporters that have cropped up, but we've never seen, you know, Star Wars Tom Brokaw before.
1: Yeah, I really like that too. I'm really liking the minor details that we're getting into like the Star Wars universe. I mean, we had him eating fucking cereal last week. Yes. Like just normal people things stars they're just like us they eat cereal they watch the news and they get to work in a cubicle every day (laughs) just like us
0: his job at the the bureau of whatever the fuck it is i can't remember not statistics but something like that Uh, he's just i like that even the music changes to this kind of like office bureaucracy music when he's in there I like how how incredibly soul crushing it looked it was sort of this thing out of out of the, the Terry Gilliam movie Brazil that just just everything is just bureaucracy and paperwork and computers and it slowly destroys you um and then we I mean we got the, the Mon Mothma stuff oh boy I I like that she didn't know about the heist. I wasn't entirely sure about that. I mean, obviously, she seems horrified at the end of episode six when she hears about it. But I wasn't sure whether that was the assumption she knew was coming and was worried about it. Instead, it turns out it's not something that she knew about at all. I, and this we saw this somewhat before we knew, obviously, there was sort of the divide between... Guerrera and his his forces and the rest of the rebellion movement, but obviously there is some serious tension between Luthan and and Mon as well, and that their scene together was great. the The fact that his plan wasn't just to get money, but to purposely get the Empire to crack down further to draw other people to their cause is is really dark and something that I think is an important thing to 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 interrogate from a from a moral perspective
1: cuz we don't think about that. We think about like the fairy tale ways to destroy the empire, but he's thinking of more like I Ideally, and kind of a more like realistic way, like how do you get someone on the top fall? And unfortunately, like, like that's it. And just seeing how Mothma was just horrified of what Luthen, you know, had done was really interesting to see because you know I'm also thinking like you know what else was she expecting? Because I mean, he even was like, you you're saying this, but you even knew that something like this would happen.
0: Yeah, and. Uh, um... And just there's just this kind of question of well did you did you expect that you were going to get this without any blood on her hands? I mean, what do you want? We're going to if if this if this hastens the fall of the of the empire, then doesn't it justify some people getting crushed in the meantime? But that is like that's a legitimate question. Is does it? And I, I I just, I, I I could, I don't even know what my answer to that is, but I like that they're asking the question. I
1: like how we're getting into the, the political misfortune of war and just Mm -hmm. how it affects both sides. I mean, you see, you know, the other side, you know, trying to get information about, you know, the rebellion and everything. And then you have, you know, Mothma's side where you know she's just horrified that you know people are going to die people are going to get hurt and it's it's an interesting perspective because it's like we don't think about that as you know just casual viewers of star wars you know we get excited we see that the rebellion has won you know against the empire but at what cost like how did that happen how many people's lives were affected and ruined due to this cause and this show is exploring those avenues which i think is really good and i think it's really interesting that it's challenging us i've been wanting a show that challenges the viewers and i i almost think that it's like too much for some people to handle because i've been seeing the discourse of andor and i i think that some people don't like andor because i feel like a lot of people have got used to lightsaber duels nostalgia action adventure like not everything in star wars needs to be the action and adventure like just let us have our political drama thank you
0: yes and also not everything has to be black and white i mean obviously the rebel are still a good guy but being the good guy like that doesn't mean that you don't also suck
1: yeah it's not black and white like it's there's so many different colors there's just so many different scenarios there's just so many different storylines that are going on in the show and there's just so many different ways that you know the rebellion was able to defeat the empire and it's so good that we're able to see those reasons and you know see you know the blossoming of the rebellion and fucking cassian being useless as possible going to the retirement planet and you know
0: oh my god when he's in up. space cancun oh my god i love space cancun dude i mean okay a couple things i loved in that and we'll, we'll circle on back to to mon mothma's other story later but this fucking ending of this episode when he is in space cancun again we get another scene that telling us that star's characters actually have sex love that also, Star characters apparently do a whole lot of drugs and then send their hookup dude to go to the store to get more drugs. That scene made me laugh a lot.
1: It's just so great. Like, we have sex and do drugs in Star Wars. Like, great. We're stars, they're just like us. I I
0: was just so shocked that that's where he ends up after the heartbreaking stuff with his adopted mom. Which shows uh, how much of a fucking uh, asshole he is. The fact that, and she says it so nicely, but what she basically says is, you're a selfish piece of shit, but I love you anyway. And that... (laughs) that pleased me Uh, fiona shaw who 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 plays um her is just a phenomenal actor someone who i always like whenever she appears in anything and she just really kills it there
1: and when she's telling cassian that he's a let go of the fantasy of finding his sister i really like that too because i feel like that's definitely something that's potentially holding cassian back And just her ability to be able to just, like, speak that nonchalantly to him. And, like, not caring about the precautions. And also, like, not knowing what could happen. I mean, the way that Cassian was, like, treating all that. Like, I didn't know if he was going to kill her. I didn't know. Like, I don't think that Cassian cares about anyone but himself. I mean, sure. He cares about her. Yeah. I'm not sure how much. I think...
0: I think maybe he doesn't realize how much. I think he has built up so much of his own mythology of him being the loner who doesn't care about anything. But he obviously loves her. And and when he has when he has that line, you know, I, I'm I'm not going to be able to be happy because I'm just going to be worried about y- you all the time. And she tells him, "Well, you know, that's just what love is." But I I think that it. I mean, in some ways, I think that's why he ends up on on a, on space like vacation is because he doesn't want to think about it. So he goes to a place where it's bright and sunny, and there's a hot woman he can sleep with, and he can do a bunch of drugs with her. Because otherwise, he would actually have to consider what he did which is completely fuck over the planet and all of his friends abandon his mom you know give up on the rebellion something he could actually believe in that is a time you just go and have sex and, and, and deal much of shit so you don't have to think about it anymore and then you get arrested and strangled by a robot
1: I know. I really thought for a second that it was K two, and I'm thinking, "Wow! Like I didn't think I'd see Alan Tudyk this soon. I mean, I just saw him, you know, as a goat in Disney Wish, and now I'm seeing him again. But it wasn't him yet. But it was cool to see a K two droid.
0: I like the droid style. They're they're aesthetically pleasing. I'm not sure why.
1: I like that no matter where Cassian goes, he can't escape the empire because he's just casually walking on the beach. And then he sees the beach troopers and he can't help himself then to feel because you see the PTSD he has, you know, from the troopers, you have that scene of him, you know, with Clem, which I think it's interesting that, you know, he, his fake name was Clem and you know how that possibly could have affected him. Like, you know, getting murdered by some clone troopers, um, And you see the PTSD he has, you know, from seeing troopers or feeling like he has to hide from troopers. So it's interesting how that was all incorporated in that scene when, you know, one of them stops him. Uh, Yeah. So sad.
0: But also, and again, it gets to Tony Gilroy wanting to make his show political. This is where the fact that, that Cassian is played by Data Luna really matters, which is... This is a brown guy getting stopped by the cops. Who's, uh, I mean, yeah, he looked a little bit squirrely, but he, well, he wasn't really running. He wasn't being particularly suspicious. And although he's a wanted criminal for other things, he hadn't done anything at this time. But he gets stopped. And nothing that he says can get him out of that situation everything to everything he could say just makes it worse because there is no right answer when he gets stopped and 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 that was just a really nice touch to the show
1: it was kind of a nightmare to watch because you mm. see his pain you see his pain and knowing that he wasn't able to, you know, get out of the situation. You know, I almost saw this as I was really hoping that it'd be a dream. And then, you know, seeing him in like the Star Wars courthouse, which I thought that was very interesting. Yeah. Um, it's so just heart wrenching that he had gone through this mission, got his funds, was on the retirement planet and still got fucked over.
0: Yeah, like, some, it's just
1: heartbreaking. Because,
0: because some cop decided he wanted to fuck with him.
1: Basically is why. It sucks. And I even think that the stormtrooper knew that he wasn't with the other guys. That he was just fearing that he would see, like, someone. Even though, like... The stormtrooper, stormtrooper probably knew that you know he wasn't up to any trouble or anything, but
0: no, it was just, just it was guilt by a power it was, it was a power flex. It was I'm gonna f- I don't like this guy I'm gonna fuck with him because I can.
1: I'm not sure if a lot of people will see this perspective as like we do. Which I mean, I think is it was pretty strong. It wasn't subtle, but. <laughs> I I just said watch the episode before talking to you too so I have no idea what anyone is saying about this episode. Oh no I, I I've, just... I've
0: yeah whenever whenever and is about because I can't watch it until I get home from work so I mute all the words for 24 hours on Twitter beforehand so I don't really know what people have thought of this episode. Mon Mothma. In that dress with the like coat one arm like the one arm sleeved coat thing. And the back cutout.
1: Her making sex eyes to Peter Townsend.
0: Please let her sleep with Space Peter Townsend. Because I've always been into that dude. Love him. Great actor. Again, have listened to him for hundreds of hours reading the Wolf Hall books. He's fantastic. The scene where they're walking around and he's like, and he doesn't know what the fuck's up and he's all oh, well i think i might be a little too politically extreme for you and just her little smirk perfectly played by both of them i really hope they they hook up because she deserves somebody who is not her shitty husband parent
1: i love the uno reverse card that she played on him too <laughs> where she ends the conversation with that oh enjoyable and fuck parent for being a little weasel and you know being jealous of the wife that you fucking hate is talking to someone who's actually giving her the time of day like get the fuck out of here yeah you
0: send your daughter over to be basically uh hey look dude this chick has a kid because i'm her husband that's it was such a like a gross little cock move because what is this you have to ask your mother if you can leave the, I mean, from the very brief thing we've seen with this daughter before, parent doesn't give a shit what, what Mon thinks in terms of their parenting. So, that was a deliberate move.
1: He's so jealous, it's disgusting. I just want to, like, I want to just hit him with something. Disgusting. Him and his fucking ponytail.
0: I just, I still need this marriage explained.
1: I mean, I I feel like it's not been hinted. that it Might have been hinted at that it was an arranged marriage, don't you think? Yeah, yeah. But it's still, it's I'm I'm a little confused because
0: Space Peter Townsend has this thing like when he's when he's talking about oh, you know, we've both we've both come come so far, and and is talking about how insanely impressive her her apartments are and everything but when she's talking to him about so it sounds you know like maybe that shit's not what she comes from but when they're talking she's also like i need to be able to access my family accounts which makes me think my mama does come to from from wealth and, and i don't know it i'm just yeah maybe maybe on um maybe on their planet it's all just arranged marriages but then I just also need an explanation as to that was the person Mom, Mothma was, that she would agree to that.
1: I almost feel like she didn't have a choice. And I feel like, you know, due to her marriage, maybe it's even more difficult for her to access her funds now. And I mean, probably due to some, like, empire sanctions, too. That's why she's not able to access, like, her her family wealth. But... You know, also Perrin could probably see her trying to access her family wealth and think that, you know, my wife is trying to leave me. So, you know, we don't know if he's, you know, abusive or, you know, just the kind of shit that could be pulling, you know, to make her stay, basically. So,
0: and um, but also, like, really I want to know, like, is she staying with him because that helps her in her causes? Because he is obviously buddy-buddy with a bunch of the Imperial jackasses. And and I just and it's not it's I don't want this to be framed as a complaint. This is not it's not like oh my god, this is a plot hole. It's something I'm fascinated by and hope that they explore more. I mean I don't need I don't need them to sit me down and go, okay, here's step one, here's step two, here's step three. But I just in general fuck I want to know how she ended up with this douchebag. Cause she is amazing. And he is the worst.
1: I mean in another world she would be with space peter townsend so because oh their was... childhood friends to get along so well especially when she was telling him to smile or telling him like how to react like to how they were having their conversation yeah. i thought that was so well done and you know her talking about her cause and how you know who to trust who not to trust i thought that was very powerful too like you don't fuck with mothma like she is definitely working hard you know for her causes and you know just trying to keep the empire away from like what she's really doing and you know all the sacrifices that she's making due to that i mean like staying in this god-awful marriage you know being treated horribly by you know her husband your child and, and so it's, hard
0: it's such a brilliant and also incredibly dangerous position of I want them to be suspicious of me in this way. So they're not suspicious of me in this other way. That is a fine line to walk.
1: Yeah. And all the sacrifices she's making too. Like I, I just can't imagine and knowing that, you know, she knows like what could go wrong or, you know, what could happen to her knowing if, you know, someone who shouldn't find out, finds out, um, I can't imagine like, you know, living that double life and how stressful, you know, that could have been for her. And everything that she had done, like, for the rebellion is is just crazy. Like I I can't believe that we're finding this much information now about a character that we've known about for, you know, I
0: know more me, than thirty um, years now. Oh my god. And I and I, lo- I love how much we've gotten over on this show. Give me a Mama panovo. Give me her life story. I want to know what what happened when she was a kid. How this marriage happened. All of that shit. I want to know about her friendship with Peter Townsend. I want how she became a senator. I want how she decided of this whole plan to be the bleeding heart senator who who tries to you know help the the poor separatists, but really she's just kind of a you know an irritation. I want to know everything. Give it to me in a book. Or Have, have Claudia Gray write it. Uh, I would be so, so, so happy.
1: I can't wait for, you know, down the line, like, finding out more information about, you know, these minor characters, you know, like, from certain movies. And just, I would have never guessed that we would get so much information about, you know, someone like Mon Mothma, someone who only spoke a couple lines in Return of the Jedi. Like, I mean, who knows? Maybe we're going to get, like, a whole show about, like, Dexter Jester or something. (laughs) And maybe we're going to grow to, like, really like him and, you know, fight for that diner. I don't know. It's just a thought. But I'm really enjoying this show. And I'm really glad that we're getting something like this. It was definitely worth the wait. I'm very happy I had no expectations going into this because I'm continuously blown away. And I'm continuously so sad when the episode ends. Like, when I feel like the credits are about to roll, I get kind of bummed out because I want so much of this show, but, I mean, we're only getting, like, three seasons, so it's very limited. I just, I,
0: I mean, we're already at the point where it's going to be, I mean, I know it's longer than all the other Star Wars shows, but I had 12 episodes, not enough. I need more. I need more of this show right now. I'm already preemptively sad about it being over because I'm a crazy person
1: but I hope they have an Andor panel at Star Wars Celebration and I hope it's not like a normal panel where they just like You know, they bring up the cast, and the cast tells, like, a funny story about, you know, something that happened to them behind the scenes. Like, I want to know just deep down about Mothma on Mothma. Like, I want to know about why Cassian's such a fucking asshole. Like, I want to get a deep dive into these characters and how these actors created these characters.
0: All I want to do is sit down with Tony Gilroy and be like, dude, tell me what you think of Star Wars. Tell me what you want to do with Star Wars beyond this. Because I want him to do all of
1: Star Wars. (laughs) I want him to fuck up Star Wars. Like, I want him to fuck it up however he wants to fuck it up. Uh, Bring in Ryan, uh, too. Him and Ryan just bringing in just fucking everything up. My dream. Yeah.
0: yeah. Uh, Ryan can do anything with, uh, like, any of the the Force stuff or Nan the Jedi. And and Tony can do everything. Although, I, I actually, as much as I don't care about the Jedi stuff, I'd be fascinated to see. What Gilroy would do with like the Jedi Council or something because I'm sure it would be fascinating and pretty dark, and there's a definite portion of the fan uh, system that would hate it, but you
1: know, or just give him you know something having to do with the High Republic like try to give him oh, something yeah. where where he's having to you know. You're getting, like, the the high-archy of the Empire. Like, give me the hierarchy of, you know, the Republic. Like, I want to see the Republic fall now. I want to see things fall. And I feel like Tony's (laughs) very good at doing that. He is really
0: good with corruption of power structures. I mean, look, look, that's maybe a little deep to read into the the born movies but that definitely is there that you know the government is sucks and corrupts and ruins people's lives constantly and and that is a uh, i mean michael clayton is all about corporate and legal corruption so now we're getting star wars corruption give me all the star wars corruption because it's so interesting
1: I would love to see his 100% version of Rogue One because we got mostly Gareth Edwards' version of Rogue One. I would have loved to see what Tony would have done with that movie knowing that he had like full creative control, full everything.
0: Yeah, but here's the thing is that never would have happened. Like, I feel like that never would have happened because he wouldn't have, have taken the job. He took the job with a guy coming in to to save it, because they asked him to, and I'm sure gave him a bunch of money. It's like this movie's mostly done, so you don't have to, you know, you don't have to commit a year of your life to it. Just fix this thing. And that got him interested enough because he's somebody who does not care about Star Wars. He's not a fan. So it's not like he had this, you know, boyhood dream of making a Star Wars movie. So I think that was the transition period that got him into Star Wars, and so now he's giving us the best Star Wars ever.
1: What a gift. Are we worthy of this gift? I'm not even sure.
0: I'm worthy of this gift. I don't know about y'all, but...
1: Yeah, I don't know about y'all. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Emily got southern for a second. Wow, y'all, southern <laughs> Emily with the horses. Emily's secretly like, a horse look, girl, y'all. Look,
0: y'all is a useful thing. Because if I just said I don't know about you that would just imply you singularly Brittany Brown the person I'm talking to. You're really a useful horse girl. Cuz otherwise you and you we don't have a we don't have a distinction between the 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 singular and the plural.
1: Can I get you a cowboy hat now?
0: Oh, I would look awesome in a cowboy hat.
1: Oh yeah, and some of those like cowboy boots with yeah. like the little like metal things on the back and that like little spikes. Spurs. Like you'd be like you you'd be like Cad Bane. Oh fuck yeah, I love Cad Bane. Not sure about him in live
0: action. I love him in the cartoon.
1: He's fucking creepy in live action.
0: I I would make some adjustments. I feel that was a beta makeup. I think that needed to go through a couple of more revisions.
1: I just feel like our friend Dave Filoni was just so happy to see another one of his animated characters on the screen that <laughs> he did not give a fuck how it looked.
0: <laughs> the, the mouth, the mouth was not great, but I, I love their as much as I give Dave Filoni shit. Cad Bane, f- like, slips right into that sweet spot for me of being so ridiculous. I think it's hilarious but not going so far that I think it's annoying.
1: Yeah, Dave Filoni's done a lot of good in the Star Wars universe, you know, bringing us the Clone Wars, other animated series, some characters, you know, that we now, you know, love and support, et cetera, et cetera. So yeah, he, he's done some good for us, you know?
0: I mean, pretty much Cad Bane is queer <laughs> to the, the beginning and the end of my list. But
1: yeah but if it weren't for him then We wouldn't have the Bad Batch We wouldn't have little Omega
0: Okay I do like Omega a whole lot I'm excited to see my little sister Omega again
1: She's just the best little sister <sighs> She's so great
0: I just want her and, and, and Racker To just have fun together And eat space popcorn What a
1: dream Have you been watching Bake Off?
0: Yeah. It's fine. I'm not super into this season. I felt
1: like that last season.
0: That makes me sad.
1: Yeah, Dessert Week was definitely more... um, Less... Bad than Mexican Week. Oh my
0: god. I just, it's so frustrating with a show when they've done other insert country here weeks. I feel they've been a lot more respectful and a lot more serious in terms of really exploring that culture's food. And in this, in a baking competition, one of their tasks was make tacos.
1: Forever in my brain, I will remember Carol peeling an avocado like a potato. <laughs> I mean, it, it's interesting, you know, us watching this because, like, obviously, you know, we're so familiar with Mexican food, you know, Mexican pastries. And, you know, probably in, you know, England and UK, Europe, like, they aren't as familiar as we are, maybe. But Sure, but, like, make an effort. Yeah, that's, that's where I was going. Like, there was no lack of effort there. Like, you have more effort, you know, pronouncing some Swedish dish, you know, but not pronouncing pico de gallo correctly, fucking Paul. Well, what the fuck did he even say, pico de gallo? Like, what did he even say? Like, I don't just remember. no effort there. It just, it was so heartbreaking to watch, especially at the beginning where they're, you know, in their ponchos and in their sombreros and, you know, the, the Juan joke. Like, it just... It's so annoying because no other week got that. You know, we had Japan week, you know, the last season. And that was treated with such respect and such, you know, just a careful attitude. And it's it's not fair that, you know, other nationalities, other races and, you know, other just, you know, countries are, are treated differently. Especially in a show as careful and wholesome as this. Like, I was really disappointed.
0: Yeah, like, it wasn't as bad as I feared it might be, but it was definitely not
1: great. And again, I just, like, tacos, really? It's a shame because, you know, definitely the cast and definitely the crew could have, you know, shown more effort into really divulging into, you know, into Mexico as a whole and as a country and, you know, what kind of foods, what kind of desserts, you know, what kind of things are very popular in in Mexico and there's so many good foods, good pastries, like and not tacos. Like you could have done a numerous amount of things other than I mean, make some even, fucking and, tacos. And if you have to get with something like super,
0: you know, stereotypical Mexican food, couldn't you, couldn't you at least do like a, like a dessert, like
1: churros or something? Yeah it's just so disappointing like even as like a challenge like making like different flavored churros or something or i don't and again, know, it, like, it
0: even... should not have been churros but at least that's like half a step up from what are you doing i
1: don't know i just didn't if they would have made the tortillas by hand like maybe but i feel like they like that's really the only kind of like you're not baking a tortilla, but, I mean, you're putting as much care into a tortilla as, you know, any other, like, you know, any other bread product. I don't know. Um. Yeah, it was just disappointing. Dessert week was fine, though. I mean, yeah. I mean, we have definitely a couple of, like, star bakers. You, know, you have, like, Sandro, who's really good. Yeah. Um, Anoush. Yeah, you have Maxi, who's, I love her. I do
0: like that the challenge was the the instructions for the final challenge was make a lemon meringue pie.
1: <laughs> Poor Dawn, I felt for Dawn, knowing that she had made like lemon meringue pie so much, and she totally fucked this one up.
0: Yeah, that made me sad for her.
1: And sweet Carol, like she fucking tried. Yeah, sometimes
0: people are just out of their element. So, you know, whether it's the, it's the stress or the time constraints or whatever it is, they're just, you know, from the first episode that it's not going to go well for them.
1: God, that was like Rebs. Like, I feel like everything was always going wrong with Rebs. And I feel like it's also like the producer stuff too. Because sure, like, let's say like Sandro, like every week, like Sandro could be going through something. But I feel like production really likes to focus on like you know, a certain amount of characters, because, like, it's, like, production, like, thinks they're not going to make it. So they're always, like, oh, this person's fucking up, this person's fucking up. And in reality, everyone's fucking up. Like, I bet Yanush is, you know, not perfect every time. I mean, sure, he makes, like, fantastic bakes. Of course he is. I mean, he could have had to make, like, a second batch of, you know, whatever he had to make because he, like, ruined the first or something. Like, it's so common for someone to have to, like, start fresh or... You know, someone overbeat the eggs or something. I don't know. Like, it happens. Yeah. Like yeah, stars, are just still, like yeah. us. I'm
0: still like I'm still watching it, you know, weekly, and I'm enjoying it. But it hasn't hasn't this batch of contestants. Even though there's people I like, there's nobody who's super clicked with me like some people have in the past.
1: That's true. I know. There's a lot of shows going on right now. Like I think Love is Blind just returned. So I'm so excited to watch that cesspool of shit.
0: <laughs> I've never seen that one.
1: Oh my God. You know, the love reality shows or reality shows or like, you know, relationships or anything like The Bachelor, like in another in another life, like I would have totally done The Bachelor, like been on, been a contestant. Like that has me written all over it, like some weird avenue and way to like find like your soulmate because before The Bachelor turned into all these pageant queens wanting to get Instagram influencer bullshit because that's what they do now is they just go on the show to be able to get like a 10% off discount code to HelloFresh or something and become very rich because of it, like – there used to be people I mean, I understand it's a reality show. Like there's no way like a hundred percent someone's like, hey, I am here to find love. But I would have like in another world totally been that person to like go on that show and like be like I be that girl and be like, I wanna find love. I wanna find my partner and this is where I can possibly find it. Like that'd be so fun. None
0: of that. But like, I already, I've I've I, I read, read I already I read, found read, yeah, that. Yeah, I've I've read way too much about like behind the scene bachelor shit to think it is anything remotely close to fun
1: yeah i guess but i mean i already found my person so like i don't have to think about that stuff anymore yeah, like which is really know. nice like i remember like my early 20s being like oh god like i dating is just like so scary and then like now like i give carlos shit when he's folding laundry like it just it's like dreams come true You know, true love love, but yeah love is blind it's a weird show you're in these like little pods and you get engaged with someone before you even see them and then you meet all these people and like some of them are assholes and some of them are like i'm not attracted to you and it just it's like it's just horrible and it's such good tv then you have nickel and vanessa lachey hosting which i think nick lachey was in like 92 degrees or something some boy band he used to be married to jessica simpson isn't it 98 degrees 98 degrees i don't know something degrees you know he used to be married to the chicken from the sea girl who really thought that you know it was chicken underwater jessica simpson love her i love the simpson family eh ish i mean they're 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 fine family like I don't think i like love them like there's some families like i love but but I, I love the emily horse girl family yeehaw can we get a yeehaw from you since we got a y'all from you
0: no because y'all is useful yeehaw is not
1: yeehaw is useful no. i like to hear kevin say yeehaw
0: okay you'll have to tell him that because he doesn't listen to the podcast but if you ask him he probably would
1: he'd doesn't listen to the podcast
0: no he doesn't listen to any podcast
1: that's probably why he's so good (laughs) he's just staying out of all the shit what a what a lovely guy we need to invite ourselves back on the podcast soon okay i need to give shit to kev because we keep like meeting each other on the football league like i'm up and then he's up and then i'm up like he got lucky like this last week and has a very good score compared to mine. So I'm hoping that my players get off of injury leave and yeah. Yeah. He got lucky. Him. It's definitely
0: not that he actually knows about football. with sport you know, nothing about it's all luck.
1: It is luck. You know, fantasy is luck. You know, Carlos and rusty and my dad are in this like fantasy football stuff, which it's hilarious seeing my sweet father, like trying to study on fantasy football and like, ending up failing, because it's all on luck.
0: It's not all on luck. It's partially, I mean, it's partially luck as anything is, but it's not all luck. That's like saying poker is all luck. No, it's not. Like, there is definitely skill involved.
1: Yeah, but I mean, you can get a good set of cards, you know, due to luck.
0: Sure, like, luck is a factor in it, but Mm -hmm. it's not, like, you also, you know, like, actually knowing... You know something about the sport and who the players are, and who like whether they're likely to do well against you know certain teams or not. That's not luck, yeah.
1: But also, like a big rain cloud could come, and then your player can like trip and like break his ankle or something. Sure, but, so, that's, like mean, say, but that's like say, but that's
0: like say, I mean, yeah, but that's also like happening in real life. That's like saying soccer players just rely on luck because they could slip and fall. It's like no, there's also quite a bit of skill involved.
1: Yeah, you need three things. Speed, agility, and endurance. That's how you win soccer. Okay. Magic three things. Speed, agility, and endurance. Okay. That is how you win the game. All right. Well, is there anything else we'd like to add to this uh, hoedown podcast show yeehaw i don't think so great well where can we find you and the podcast on social media podcast is at
0: canto bite pod on both twitter and instagram you can email us in canto at pod at com. you can find me on twitter and instagram at eflind where are you Brittany?
1: You can find me on Instagram and Twitter as Canto Brit. Sweet. There we go. There we go. All right. Well, thank you everyone for listening. And we will talk to you next time.
0: Bye.
2: Bye. Here we go. Yo, 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 and away we go. It's time to serenade my girl Lindo. Sorry, the ladies where I had to say no. But if I'm cheating on Serena, it's
0: on Kanto. No shame in the game, make even Rogue One seem tame. But I blame it on Brit with a ginger main main. Yeah, that's fire. Love on the rocks leaves the love on my socks. Lindo fantastic
2: leaves y'all shocked, especially when y'all truly whips out his cock. Yeah. Canto bite episode 100. Hey yo, I'm back, no fulcrum this time. I'm on a flight to the bay and I'm writing some rhymes. My top three running through my head, you know, so I had to come correct when they hit the hundo. My girls E and B deserve congratulations. Our adulation for the weekly creation. My last celebration was all about them, but this time I gotta drop lines for our friends this is for the bitches, strictly for the bitches Give it up for the bitches, all the canto bitches This one's for my bitches, only for the bitches Throw your hands up, bitches, all my canto bitches Start off with my RCs. Catherine's a sweet one Brought cash into lunch with canto bitch number one Josh made it a team and had bourbon and cornflakes The kind of ice cream that made him show me his old face Got to meet Turbo and throw back some brews Fish tacos and San Fran, you know we approve Rebecca from Perth, I haven't met you yet Last shout to Fruity dude I didn't forget this is for the bitches, strictly for the bitches. Give it up for the bitches, all the Canto bitches. This one's for my bitches, only for the bitches. Throw your hands up, bitches, all my Canto bitches. Rubia and Adele often email the show. I cut a track on them trolls with Johnny Grosso. Jesse McGee busted a rap for me. Met her and horse, be it scum and villainy. King Tom, Death Watch, the most regal of fodders. Got to behold the luscious locks of Shouted Rusty last time, so I shout a rush too. You know the list ain't complete without Lesson Boo. This is for the bitches, strictly for the bitches Give it up for the bitches, all the canto bitches This one's for my bitches, only for the bitches Throw your hands up, bitches, all my canto bitches Now if I didn't say your name, don't feel no shame You love the fun, the games, and refresher bangs. Hang on every word of Lindo's fanfic Where she describes every vein in Mendo's dick Spread the word, maybe buy a t-shirt I don't know, maybe ask the girls if Yattle squirts Take your CBD, send in your top threes And you'll always be a bitch like me Get him,